the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The threat of the gospel. We'll talk about that today on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Ministry of the Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Greetings and welcome. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, who will take us to the book of Acts today as we take a look at the threat of the gospel. Just exactly who is it a threat to? Very good question. We've got a very good answer. And once the threat is diminished, what then? Well, that's all straight ahead. Please join us for a very encouraging look at the gospel and how it is a threat to the dark side. Again, with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing, our teacher and pastor now, once again, here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. The title of my message is The Threat of the Gospel. Now, we that are believers, we who have accepted Christ and have been walking with Christ for any length of time, we know that the gospel really is not a threat. It's only a threat to the devil's kingdom. Amen? He's the only one that really knows how powerful the gospel is. The gospel is the good news of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. It's our job to... To take the gospel wherever we go because the gospel has the ability to affect change in people's, in people's hearts and in their minds. Primarily in their minds, though, because if you can change the way a person thinks, you can change the way that they live. And the gospel comes along and it breaks down the lies and the barriers that the enemy has basically released into the minds of people for, for centuries upon centuries and decades upon decades. The enemy, he wants the gospel to be perverted. He wants it to be watered down. He wants to stop its effect and influence in people's lives. The gospel is powerful. When you begin to talk about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, it provides hope for change in people's lives. It gives them access into a life-giving relationship with the God of the universe. It causes them to be infused with God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes residence within them. It causes them to begin to reflect Christ from the inside out. They're not putting something on. God has put something in that ultimately begins to have an effect on a person externally. So the gospel is powerful. We have to see our message as the most powerful message that has ever been preached upon the face of the earth. It is a treasure. How we hold the gospel and deal with the gospel and how we present the gospel is very important. And God is listening to us. He's watching us with his message. The gospel has the ability to come into a city and change. And we're going to see this to shake a city up, to affect change in a whole region, to affect change in whole countries and nations. And for us, we have to be very, very mindful of this, realizing that not everybody that hears the gospel is going to like the gospel. And then ultimately, the devil is going to inspire people to try to hinder the gospel. And, and I say this all the time. Every single one of you has a sphere of influence that God wants you to affect. And we want to take 
our influence that we have and use it to infuse the gospel, use the, uh, allow ourselves to be used by God to bring the gospel so that people have an opportunity. I guarantee you, there's more people around you that have never heard the gospel than you think. They just haven't heard the message, you know. They just haven't really heard the message from somebody that really cares and really wants to buckle down. There's a lot of people that never have heard the gospel, ever. And they're living. They've never just really, what is, why did Jesus die? Why was he buried? Why was he resurrected? Tell me about this. I had gone to church off and on, and I never had really, I never had anybody like explain it to me. I just knew you go to church, you raise your hands, and and you shout a little bit, and you leave. You don't have to really change. That's what I thought until somebody sat down and gave me the gospel. Well, what we want to do is use the gospel as a powerful tool, and really, it's our weapon against the enemy. We share our faith. We get the word out. Look what happens here in verse 1, though. And we're going to see this. It says, now when they had passed through Amphilippus, Polis, and Phil, and let me get this right, Amphipolis, Amphipolis, and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as was, as his custom was, went into them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with, uh, reasoned with them from the scriptures, and explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, These, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. So Apostle Paul is on this journey with Silas. He's going out as his custom was. He goes into a Jewish synagogue and he begins to preach to them the truth of the gospel so that they have the opportunity to receive the new covenant and experience the grace that God wants to bring into their lives. But here we see the response and this is where we have problems. And I think it's, it's not only just for people who are unbelievers, but sometimes for people who have a religious background, we have to be very sensitive. It says here in verse 5, but the Jews who were not persuaded became envious. Somebody say envious. Now, one of the things that we want to see here is that the Jews, obviously, they had influence. Now, their influence is being challenged. And as a result of that, we see that people are leaving the Jews and joining themselves with Paul and Silas. And, and now, envy begins to rise up and within their hearts. Why? Because they're getting ready to lose their influence on these individuals' lives. This is something that we have to be mindful of when we're dealing with the threat of the gospel. A lot of times individuals, they begin to take things personally instead of realizing that it's really not about you, it's about the message. Can I have an amen? It's not about you. Stop taking it personal. It's not about you, it's about the message. But we see very clearly here that it was envy that was moving them to stop, to, to, to really try to stop Apostle Paul and his team. It was something that was in them that, that saw the good that was in Apostle Paul and Silas and desired that good with a willingness to go forth and take them out to receive that kind of influence that they were, that they were losing in this moment. 
And so for us, is we have to see that this is, this is always a possibility when we're in an environment, when we're in a city, when we're in a region, on your job, in your home. When people stop, start feeling like they're losing influence over a person's life and you're getting it through the gospel, you watch out, there's always going to be some backlash. Backlash. And so we see here, it says, but the Jews who were not persuaded, became envious. Now watch this. Took some of the evil men from the marketplace, gathered and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. This is, this is amazing. And so what happens is, we see the crowd and the influence, they're losing it. But then it says here that these individuals, they went and they gathered people in the marketplace. What they did was is they gathered people of great influence, great um, authority that, that they might gather a mob. And I just, I just want to say this. Ultimately, what they did was they found agreement with authority. They found people that they can get in agreement with who possessed authority. And this is something that we have to be mindful of when it comes to the gospel, whether it's in a city, a region, a territory, is that when envy begins to get into a person's life, the first thing that they will do is, is they will begin to find agreement, but they need agreement with, from people who have authority to do something. I'm giving you strategy right now here. I'm trying to lay this out because we, have, we should not be ignorant of the enemy schemes and the devices. It's right here. The, from a marketplace standpoint, they gathered a mob. Bible says here. And um, ultimately, the Bible says that they, could, they, uh, they set the city in an uproar. And then it says they attacked the house of, Dave, of Jason. Now, this is important also because... When a person finds, it gets envious, they begin to attack, they begin to gather their mob. The mob isn't there just to gossip. Ultimately, there's going to be some type of attack that we have to be mindful of as Christians as we're going forth in life. Now, this, this attack may not be physical, but they, it may be attack verbally. Some of you have experienced this. It may be an attack, um, you know, from a spiritual standpoint. And we have to be mindful. Do you know, let me just say this to you. Do you know that there are witches and warlocks that are offering up sacrifices and offerings to demons to try to stop you from walking with God right now in the, in the Bay Area? Let me say, this isn't a, you know, walking with Christ isn't just some walk in the park. The devil doesn't want you to get your message out. And if the enemy, he will attack you in various ways to try to stop the progress. But the key here is, is and you see this, and, I, and I'm not into politics. You guys know I don't really get into politics and things like that. But do you know this is one of the things that happens even in politics? How many politicians are going to visit witches and soothsayers, tarot card readers? This stuff is common. Psychics. This is stuff that, that, that goes on all around us, and we don't talk about it enough in the church because we just think that, you know, we just, we just love everybody. Nobody cares. No, no, the devil, he's going to try to attack you in some way, and we have to understand his schemes and devices. Okay, this is what happens. Because of envy, these individuals gather people from the marketplace, people of influence. They cause the city to go into uproar, and then ultimately they attack Jason's house. Why? Because of the gospel. 
because of the gospel. I'm losing my influence because of the gospel. And for us as saints, we have to see this and we have to be mindful of it. Look what happens here in verse 6. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world (laughs) upside down have come here too. Jason has, has harbored them. And these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. How many know there is another king, Jesus? And it says, and they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, the Bible says that they let them go. And so understand, saints, that this is a part of, and this is... Uh, and I'm not trying to start a fight. I mean, we're basically already in a fight. I mean, how come, I mean, I don't understand how, how come, you know, we can, we can pray f- when something bad happens at school, but how come we can't pray at school all the time? Like why, why is it that everybody, let's all pray, you know, and <clears throat> why is it that we're, we welcome prayer when there's a, a catastrophic event? And everybody wants the church to come pray and bind in the loose. And the, but when the situation is over, we, we can't even go back to the school to pray. I mean, the, see, the thing, the, thing that, the thing, and I'm just kind of just sharing my heart with you all. The thing that I'm, I'm trying to really wrap my mind around as I'm walking with God is, okay, God, at some point in time, at some point in time, the world has got to stop using the church for their, when they get into their bad situations. I want you guys to think about this because this is what happens a lot of times. It's like we want God when something bad happens. But when everything's fine, just leave God over here on the side. Well, the bottom line is there is a war because the enemy knows, the enemy knows that if we get around enough and we get the message out enough, People's hearts and lives will be changed, and we have to learn to expect that there's going to be some type of resistance and attack sometimes as we're going forward to release the gospel. It's not about our ministry blowing up. It's about getting the gospel where it needs to go. Can I have an amen? And in some cases, we have to be very mindful because just like we see here, the enemy, he, he does a good job of, of positioning his people in position to gain influence and to keep the gospel from getting to where God wants it to go. But for us as saints of God, I believe, now I'm just saying this to you, I believe this is a brand new day, that God's trying to do some things through the church to infiltrate us into positions of authority that we might get the gospel where it needs to be, that we might have the influence that God wants us to have on territories and regions. But we have to be prepared for that, amen? So that... The position that God gives us in a wherever it is, it doesn't become more important to us than the gospel that we're trying to bring to the situation. Think about it, saints, and just track with me because I'm going somewhere with this because it's very important for us as we proceed down this road with God, as we're growing as individuals, as God is opening up doors, as he's doing new things, that we don't forget that there's always going to be resistance because we are a threat Because we bring the gospel. We are a threat 
because we bring the gospel. Amen? But look at the good response here in verse 10. We see the negative response, but then we see the good response. And this is what we're really looking for. And we have to be able to discern both as we're maturing and growing in God. It says, then the brethren, verse 10, immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. And it says, these were more fair-minded. Somebody say fair-minded. This word here, it means noble, more excellent. It means noble-minded. These individuals, it means literally a person that is born of royalty. This person has a certain disposition and a way about thinking about things. They're a noble person. And so what happens here is very clearly these individuals were more noble-minded or fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few Greeks, prominent women, the Bible says, as, as well as men. And so we see very clearly here the difference. We see individuals that are resisting the gospel. They're a threat to the gospel, that there's a hindrance to the gospel. And then we see a situation here where there's individuals who are more fair-minded. They're open to the gospel. Saints, we have to be able to discern both and understand that we're always going to be dealing with both. Some people are afraid to share the gospel because, and I, I've been teaching this and I have to hammer it home, because they're looking for acceptance. You may not always find acceptance through your preaching or declaring the gospel. But the issue here is you're dealing with two classes of people and two kind of people. Some that feel like you're a threat, some that will receive. We have to be willing to discern this as we're sharing our faith. Amen? It says here in verse 11, there were, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word. They received the word. And we as saints have to be able to discern this. And in in our our own hearts, have to be willing to receive the word. It's not enough just to hear the word. We have to be receivers of the word. God wants us to learn how to receive right. And I like what it says here. They receive the word with a readiness. This means an eagerness. They were eager to hear what was being communicated. They stood in a position where they were basically, I like it, they were basically hungry. I want to know this. What is it? Well, this is the mindset that we're looking for that we have to develop. And we want to see not only in our hearts, but we want to be able to discern as we go off who's eager. Who wants to hear it? Who's, who's looking to, to find it? Now, let me say this. Because sharing the gospel, and I like what they did, sometimes it is a matter of, of hit and miss. It's a matter of hit and miss. Sometimes you're going to come to people and they're ready and they're, they're eager to hear. Sometimes people are, are going to, they're going to throw, you know, cold water on you for sharing the gospel. The issue here is us not even getting offended and realizing that we're, we're, we're wanting to discern where people are at. And it takes us kind of prodding away. Some people get rejected and they quit sharing the gospel entirely. But we want to continue to prod away. Who's, who's eager? Where, where are they at? I'm going to share here, get rejected here. And it's a matter of just going through this process in everything that we do. And it says here, they were ready. They received it with readiness. And then I like this. And searched the scriptures daily to find out whether those things were so. 
And so we also see that these people, when they heard the message that Apostle Paul released, Paul and Silas, they judged. This word means judged. The word searched. And it means to discern. So they went back. They got their the word and they went back and they began to discern and to judge. Okay, this is right. This is another thing that we should be looking at as we're sharing our faith and as we're going forth with people. Now, I love this, saints. And I want to stop here just for a minute. Bible says that they search the what? They search the scriptures because Paul and Silas were teaching what? And I want to just pause here for a moment. Because sometimes, you know, as we're sharing our faith, as we're getting the gospel to people, as we're dealing with the threat of the gospel, people getting upset, dealing with situations that, 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 you know, as you're sharing your faith, realize at the end of the day, our job is to share this so people can search this. But what happens a lot of time in ministry and just in our sharing our faith, we do a lot of talking, but we don't do enough sharing. God's obligated to confirm this. I want to just lay this foundation here. Because, like I said, we're getting ready to start evangelism teams in the church. We're going to start doing some stuff. And I want to make sure it's done right. I don't want any of this, I am of Paul and I am of Apollo stuff in our church. I want, I am of Jesus Christ. And I got the word. We share the word. But they searched this because what they were teaching was from this. Our job is to make sure, saints, that we do a great job of communicating this so people have an opportunity to go back and say, well, what does this really mean, what they're saying? But once again, watch this. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women, as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica... Learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea. They came there also and stirred up the crowd. Now, I want to say this. You and I are in a battle for the gospel's sake. And sometimes you're going to have these situations and battles that take place. These individuals have gone to another city. But the people in Thessalonica, the Jews from Thessalonica, they follow them to Berea. And the Bible says that they stirred up the people. It says that they stirred the people up. It says here um, in verse 12, Therefore many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned of the word of God was preached by Paul and Bria, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. I want to tell you, saints, don't be surprised. Because of the threat of the gospel, if you have people that follow you and try to distort what you're bringing into a person's life, just so you will, they will get off course to try to stir things up. I'm telling you, it will happen on your job. It will happen in your home. It will happen with family members. This stuff is real. The enemy is not going to just... I'm talking some warfare stuff for you guys today. The devil's not going to just sit back and let us bring the gospel wherever. There's going to be a stirring up to try to stop what God is doing. 
And we have to be prepared for it, mindful of it, understand it, and not allow it to, to uh, taint our spirit and to defile us from an emotional and spiritual standpoint. We just know it's par for the course. The enemy doesn't like that when we share the gospel. You're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925-292-7800. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. And obviously, you're welcome to join us on our website, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net, and you can email us from that website as well. Now, as you visit our website, we do have other resource materials available, our online store, past sermons are available, as well as a COVID-19 update. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, at least until May 1st, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, again, thewellchurch.net. Or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 10.30 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful during this challenging time with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we're praying and standing on His truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless.